jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to The Scott Adams Show. And we have a big show today. We have a lot to cover. Um, we're going to talk a lot about, obviously, we're going to be talking about this new judge, Reinhardt, uh, this Jeffrey Epstein judge, this judge that uh, actually supported uh, politicians who hired their mistresses on the congressional payroll, this very liberal uh, judge that uh, was the magistrate that signed off on the FBI warrant. And what kind of AG doesn't have a press conference talking about raiding a former president of the United States' house? For records... That it doesn't seem like they even had a purpose or a mission. And Miranda Devine said that she was just reporting that the docs, the documents taken from Trump's house were boxed up by the GSA and mailed to Trump by them. And that the FBI has had access to these documents for months. Can you believe that? I mean, can you get your head around that? But Trump's lawyers, one of them, one of them was Christina Bob, uh, one of them was in the uh, in on the premises and they were told they couldn't take photographs, they couldn't watch. But they did take photographs and they did watch because you know, Justice Scalia made it quite clear. We're going to listen to a beautiful Justice Antonin Scalia clip talking about this very thing. But what we have going on here is a terrible, terrible malfeasance of justice. And not only that, but the New York State Attorney General is going after Trump. And Trump today is going to be testifying under oath, in a trial, in an, indict, uh, in an effort to, to take him down in New York. They're trying everything that they can to prevent Trump from running in 2024. 
And guess what? Do you know that all Meghan McCain could come up with in a tweet was, you know, if they're not careful, they're going to make Trump a martyr and there's going to be no stopping Trump in 2024. That's what she was worried about. This is, this is making Trump out to be a rock star. And it is true. I mean, Trump is campaigning off of this now. Trump is basically raking in the donations as a result of this. You know, when people are deceitful and they're liars, it always seems to backfire on them. Like God is watching over us and trying to right the wrongs. And in this case of the left, it's crazy. I mean, the times that we're living in. And, you know, I can't stop thinking, though, about my friends who I've known for years who are supporting this madness. It's so clear. But it's always been clear. Like, I always knew that the Russian collusion delusion was a hoax. I always knew Christopher Steele was a fraud. I always knew that Michael uh, Korn and David Isikoff from Yahoo News and Mother Jones, uh, I always knew that they were fraudsters. I always knew that the CDC and the State Department were radically libtards. They're run by a bunch of radical libtards. And that the Ukraine and Alexander Vindman and Fiona Hill and George Kent and all these so-called diplomats are cronies from the left. I always knew it. And I always knew that the government was weaponizing the FBI. But to see it so brazenly and to see it so openly, I think is what's unique about the situation that's going on today in a post-Trump world, in a post-Trump presidency. What we're seeing is basically the unveiling of the deep state the so-called deep state that everybody who was talking about the deep state was called a conspiracy theorist, a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist. But no, we've proven ourselves right. They're proven, uh, they're proven us right. They're proven us right. Do you know we're going to talk today about Nancy Pelosi and her trip in Taiwan? And guess what we're going to talk about? Paul Pelosi Jr. Nope. Not the drunk Paul Pelosi Sr., who's rigging the crime that he committed for driving drunk and smashing his portion to somebody else. No, we're not even talking about that. Where they, the fix is in and they got a new judge out in California. No, we're not even talking about Paul Pelosi Jr. Who are these monsters? We're not even talking about Paul Pelosi Sr. No, we're talking about Paul Pelosi Jr. You know, the guy that was actually doing gas deals in Ukraine in 2014, 15, 16, along with Hunter Biden and Chris Hines. This is, uh, you know, um, the uh, Christopher Hines is the stepson of uh, John Kerry. Paul Pelosi Jr., the the son of Nancy Pelosi. And, of course, Hunter, the son of the President of the United States, right? So, you know, this is a lot of power and influence. 
And these Democrats do it in plain sight. And the Justice Department doesn't even want to take a look at any of this. When was the last time, can you recall when the last time was that the FBI raided some of the pedophiles' houses associated with the Jeffrey Epstein crimes? When was the last time Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton got their doors busted in? Hillary Clinton is parlaying off of this now, and she's got a hat that says, but my emails. Like, like as if making a joke, laughing about this, as if somehow we're not in a constitutional crisis right now and that America, as we know it, is in jeopardy. I mean, think about the self-serving meanness of this. And Liz Cheney and Meghan McCain are no different. And the elections from last night, I think, reflected America's discontent. So you had this um, election where all of Trump's candidates pretty much won. Let's see, Malloy in Vermont versus uh, Nolan. Malloy was a Trump candidate, won big. But when you look at the numbers for Vermont, um, well, 99% in and they got 12,000 12, versus 11,000. So it's like 23,000. Um, and then you look at the uh, Vermont Democrats. Welsh got 86,000 to Evan France is 72. So I don't think there's a snowball's chance in Florida that uh, we're going to take Vermont anytime soon. But in Connecticut, that's a very winnable state against Denang, lying Denang Blumenthal. Denang Dick, we call him. And uh, Levy uh, was a Trump candidate, and she beat someone who was way ahead in the polls, Clarids, um, and uh, won handily in Connecticut. So... She was sort of like an establishment Pence type. And then Ilhan Omar almost lost. She won by 2,800 votes in a race that had uh, 110,000 votes. And then Johnson, uh, Senator Johnson won in Wisconsin. Um, You got this uh, other Wisconsin race uh, governor, Michaels, Versus Cleefish. This was another one where Pence took a beating and Trump won big. So there were some, you know, important election results last night. We get lost in all this other stuff, but there's a lot of stuff going on. So Miranda Devine says just reporting that the docs taken from Trump's house were boxed up by the GSA and mailed to Trump by them. And that the FBI has had access to these docs for months. Okay. But then also, when you think about it, what are they doing? Are they going to plant evidence? It's very possible. But Christina Robb was talking talking about um, something else. She was basically saying that, or Christina Bob, she was there. And she was basically, what her biggest concern is, And this is a concern for all of us. 
But even Mark Elias is saying that, you know, these types of records, uh, not not only could the president declassify them, not only did he have classification, he could to declassify them, but they weren't even sent by him, and he may not have ever even seen them. They were in boxes. There's probably no fingerprints on them. So I don't think there's much to worry about there, except for the fact that what if they were to take a piece of paper out of Nancy Pelosi's desk that she'll lie and say was stolen out of her desk on January 6th and ends up in a box in Mar-a-Lago because the FBI didn't want the lawyers to take photographs, cameras, or anything. And what if they take all these boxes out, put a few pieces of paper from Nancy Pelosi's office, and say, "Uh uh-huh, Trump was going to get compromise on Nancy Pelosi. And uh uh-huh, we're going to go ahead and get him, and we're going to take him down. He has unauthorized, it shows a tie to to, uh, Trump with the J6. And then they go to court in where? Where are they going to go to court? In D.C., you know, that's a place where Sussman couldn't even get arrested, right? That's a place where you couldn't even convict a guy that has evidence tattooed on his forehead. And you can't convict him in D.C. because half the jury likes Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. Or the whole jury does. There's not probably a jury member in D.C. that would be a Trump supporter. And in fact, they would be a radical Trump hater. And we've seen the dementia and the dementedness of liberals because most Republicans I know don't fire people because of their political persuasion. Most Republicans I know, I don't know any Republicans that would ever do that. I don't know any conservatives that say, you're a liberal. I don't like you and you can't work for me. I'm going to fire you. But I know several of my friends who were conservatives that lost their jobs because of their political support of Donald Trump or their opposition to, say, Hillary Clinton. And I know personally several incidents where people lost their jobs because of a libtard boss that couldn't handle it, just couldn't handle it. They bring their political ideology that which is absolutely moronically stupid. They don't know how to debate and they don't ever engage in debate or honest discussion. But they have this emotional anger and they take it out on conservatives in such an unfair way. I've often talked about how liberals have two paths to climb that career ladder because they don't have to worry about conservatives firing them because of their political beliefs. But conservatives climbing that career ladder have to be very worried about what what they're if, revealing their political beliefs. If you don't believe me, just ask half the people in Hollywood who keep their political beliefs close to the vest. And after they're done with their careers, they... They out themselves and say, yeah, I was a conservative, but I couldn't dare say it because I wouldn't get the gig. I wouldn't get the job. I wouldn't get an acting role to save my life. Because liberals are intolerant. They're tyrannical. 
and they'll stop at nothing. And then you look for fairness anywhere, whether it's jurisprudence, lady justice, blind, or, or whether it's um, the news media. The news media is jubilant right now over something that I think is one of the most tragic things that we've ever witnessed in American history. And it's not just what happened in Florida. It's what, what, what's happening today in New York. I'm going to read you a couple of uh, truths. <clears throat> Donald Trump says, in New York City tonight, seeing racist New York State Attorney General tomorrow for a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in U.S. history, my great company and myself are being attacked from all sides, Banana Republic, exclamation point. And all Meghan McCain can do is say, if we're not careful, we're going to end up making Trump a martyr and that he's going to be assured re-election in 2024? Are you kidding me? That's what her concern is? Donald Trump also truthed this. The FBI and others from the federal government would not let anyone, including my lawyers, be anywhere near the areas that were ram- rummaged and otherwise looked looked at during the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Everyone was asked to leave the premises They wanted to be left alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking or hopefully not planting. Why did the strongly, why did they strongly insist on having nobody watching them? Everybody out. Obama and Clinton were never raided despite big disputes. Wow. We're living in a banana republic right now. And you know, uh, the kids are livid. You know, Eric and Don are livid about this stuff. Meanwhile, you got this story. Did Nancy Pelosi travel to Taiwan in, uh, to increase her family fortune? Her son, Paul Pelosi Jr., was with her in Asia. Hunter Biden, you know, went on Air Force Two with uh, uh, Daddy Joe, big the big guy, and struck deals in China. And they do it right in front of your face as if to say, um, we can get away with it. It's absolutely absurd. Let's take a couple of, uh, we're going to listen to some clips. We have some really good sound bites today. Um, And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this. This is crazy stuff. We're living in, uh, we're living in very, very crazy times. But uh, let's take a listen. And this morning, the New York Post is now reporting that the federal magistrate here in Florida who approved this search warrant uh, after he left working for the U.S. Attorney's Office back in 2008, he then went into private practice and represents seven, several associates of the disgraced financier and accused serial pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. And this morning... Wow. Well, that's just crazy. That's crazy talk right there. Right. So Free Beacon put this out. Judge who signed Trump warrant repped Dem lawmaker accused of putting mistress on payroll. Bruce Reinhardt also repped Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators in the sex trafficking case. Did the FBI ever raid those people? No. So. It's just 
absolutely two standards of justice. It's it's absolutely crazy. And um, here's one. Florida Voice. Okay, so the Florida Voice in January 14th, 2017, writes up about Bruce Reinhardt. Says, and and this is a quote from Robert uh, Robert Reich. Uh, oh no, this is a quote from Bruce Reinhardt, and he says, "I generally ignore the president-elect's tweets. This is you know when President Trump was president-elect, but not this one." John Lewis argued, so he said something about John Lewis, right? And uh, he says, "Thank you, Robert Reich, for saying." What many of us feel, John Lewis is the conscience of America. Donald Trump doesn't have the moral structure to kiss John Lewis's feet. That's a quote from Bruce Reinhardt, the magistrate that signed off on this. But the big concern is the planting of evidence. That's the big concern. And do you know that there were 20 Republican senators who voted to confirm Merrick Garland, the person behind this? Merrick Garland, he was the nominee under Obama, chose him to be a Supreme Court justice. This is the monster that Biden hired and 20 Republicans, senators, who voted to to confirm Merrick Garland. They owe America an apology, according to the Federalist. And... There's a whole laundry list of the usual suspects. Lindsey Graham is one. Let's see. When Garland was confirmed in March 2021, only 30 of 50 Republican senators voted against it. The other 20 were Senators Blunt from Missouri, Burr from North Carolina, Capito from West Virginia, Cassidy from Louisiana, Collins from Maine, Cornyn from Texas, Ernst from Iowa, Graham from South Carolina, even Grassley, I think from Kansas, Inhofe, Johnson, Lankford, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Thune, and Tillis all joined Democrats to approve this absolute monster of a man, Merrick Garland. This is insane, folks. What kind of Republican Party do we have in the Senate? This is absolutely absurd. we got to put a stop to it. Let's take take a listen to uh, Christina Bob. She talks about the fact that she was there. I saw this interview yesterday, and I just thought I have to share it with you guys. So let's take a listen. Of course they knew about this. Merrick Garland. So the question was, did... Biden, no. And of course, Peter Ducey asked Jean-Pierre, you know, and she wouldn't give a straight answer and defers to the Justice Department. And the Justice Department won't even make a statement on the matter. Um, And the question was, did they know ahead of time? Did the Biden administration know? And she's basically saying, of course they knew. You honestly believe that anybody in the FBI, which is part of the Department of Justice, let's be clear, the FBI and the Department of Justice are not separate. They all fall under the attorney general. You think anybody in the FBI is going to raid the home, the personal residence of Donald Trump without letting the attorney general know? There's no way 
There's absolutely no way. And in God, let, let's pretend for a second that that's what happened. Let's pretend that this is a bunch of rogue people here in Florida that decided to do this without telling the attorney general. We should, people would have been fired by now. We would have seen people fired. We would have seen statements coming out condemning it. But instead, if I recall correctly, CNN was reporting that they were cheering in the West Wing. So mm. the fact that they're now coming out and disavowing this and distancing themselves from this shows how how this is resonating with the American people. Because if this as, as, excuse me, if this actually resonated with the American people and people wanted this to happen, they wouldn't be disowning it. They would be owning it and saying, yes, we are you know strong on criminal justice and we're gonna hold people accountable and we're gonna root out corruption. But the American people don't like it. And so now they have to distance themselves from it because they screwed up. Let's talk about what, how the world views what happened. If you, some yeah. of these other outside the U.S., they're looking at this and saying, wait a minute, this is, so I guess this is one way you can ensure that a very popular president with the people is uh, ever removed from running again. What do you think the world reaction has been that you've seen or heard so far? It lowers, it lowers our standing. I mean, I can't speak specifically to what certain leaders have said, but it absolutely lowers our standing. And there's plenty of research that indicates when a country prosecutes their predecessor, it indicates that country is in decline and it lowers their world standing. And unfortunately, that is the state of the United States at the moment. Obviously, they haven't actually indicted Donald Trump. Uh, I think that's probably what they want to do. I, I don't think it's a good idea, but they might try it. I don't think they'll get very far, but um, you know, they'll play their games. We've seen them go after him relentlessly that I anticipate uh, they'll, they'll do something. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the backstop to this is the Supreme Court. And I, I just cannot believe that the Supreme Court is going to turn a blind eye to the fact that whatever, whatever crime they claim was committed, they're not actually going to have the factual evidence to support it. And the fact that they're setting a really bad precedent of prosecuting predecessors, it's, we just cannot stand for it in this country. So when this comes up a big nothing burger in this whole raid at Mar-a-Lago and this whole pursuit of finding any type of you know, national security risk, when this comes up a nothing burger, how do we move forward? Because people do not have trust in the DOJ, the FBI, and this is just another stain on their resume and clear disclosure here. There's a lot of good people in the FBI. There's a lot of good people in the DOJ. There are a lot of good people that, are, that, that fight this country and that defend our values and want to seek out the truth. But at the end of the day, this is just another scar and the American people have lost a lot of faith in our justice yeah. system. I think that's right. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think the American people believe the FBI anymore. And the fact that, you know, the Trump team didn't come out and say, oh, the FBI is planting evidence. That's not anything any of us have said. But I'm getting that question a lot. You know, I've been doing media all day and everyone's saying, do you think they're planting evidence? Just goes to show you that everybody's assuming that the FBI is corrupt in this because it's a ridiculous investigation. So I I do think not only have the American people lost trust in the FBI and the Department of Justice, but I, I think the FBI has outserved its purpose. I mean, they're investigating and prosecuting parents uh, who attend school board meetings. 
They're prosecuting Americans who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, whether they entered the Capitol or not. They were part of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. They were part of the Ukraine hoax. They've lied to us repeatedly. They lied to us about unmasking General Flynn and, and all of that. But we're supposed to believe them now? I just I don't think that the American people do. And now, you know, it came out in the, the sealed document docket today that the FBI is sealing all of the probable cause. We don't we don't know. They're not telling us what the probable cause was for the warrant because they want it sealed. So, you know, it's just they want to cloak everything. They want it to be done behind closed doors where the American people cannot hold them accountable. And I think the FBI at this point is much more dangerous to American freedoms than any type of domestic terrorism. Christina Bob joining us here on this uh, live breaking news development coming, coming out of uh, Mar-a-Lago. So some of the things I'm, I'm also seeing on social media is that now is the time for President Trump to announce. Like that would be the ultimate uh, comeback uh, at what's happening with him. But you and I both know, I don't necessarily think he's going to roll up at Mar-a-Lago in the next day or so and put up a, a podium and, and make an announcement. But I will ask you this, does this push him even more? to making that decision here, uh, hopefully sooner than later, because the American people want to know that President Donald J. Trump will run again next year. What's your thoughts on that or whatever you can share? I don't think that this changes anything Donald Trump is going to do. He doesn't react to Joe Biden. He's not, you know, swayed by, you know, their emotions or their crazy appeal. Donald Trump does what Donald Trump wants to do when he wants to do it. He's given plenty of signs and indicators to all of us that he wants to run again. And I think he likely will. And he probably has a good idea of when he wants to announce. And I don't think this will actually change his timeline. I don't think it's going to change anything about what he wants to do. I think he cares very deeply about this country. He wants to do what's best for the United States. And I I think he's watching and seeing the angst that people are in. And he is the only politician in the country right now, or I should say the most influential politician in the country right now, who offers, he offers more hope than anybody. People are looking at our country going, does our country have hope? And they look at Donald Trump and say, yes, it does, because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump brings hope to this nation and people want to see him run. And he knows that. And so I think that he's taking more of that into account than what the Biden administration is doing. Uh, I think he wants to make sure that Americans know there is hope for this great nation. We will make America great again, no matter what they throw at him. He's going to overcome it. He's going to come back. He's going to run for office. And uh, I believe he'll be the next president of the United States. All right. We're going to get to in a few minutes. We'll get to Margie Taylor Greene. That's going to weigh in on this as well. I know she's been blowing up social media with her comments. But before I bring on Margie Taylor Greene, I want to ask you this. Um, today, Wisconsin is a huge day. You and I just yeah. spent all day Friday and Okay. And she also said something in another, I was try- waiting for that. And, uh, what she said was, and, uh, I couldn't find, I guess she didn't say it here, but maybe it's a different clip. I don't know. But what, uh, Christina Bob said was that what, one of the things she is more concerned about is having them take something under seal and try to create some sort of like a grand jury indictment and put the matter to court and have a kangaroo trial kangaroo court uh, full of jury members that are from the DC area that literally hate Trump. And, you know, you can indict a ham sandwich. And uh, from what we've seen with the courts in DC lately, 
you could pretty much it's 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 divided politically, you know, absolutely politically. And that liberals really don't care about justice. They they just care about winning. They care about their own corruption and protecting it and their own power. So here is another attorney. This is the attorney. Now that was Christina Bob. Christina Bob was there, literally there. And uh, when when the break in happened by the FBI, but here it is with Alina Haba, uh, who is with Donald Trump in New York. Let's take a listen. So, Alina, were you with the president when he found out about this raid? I was. What I was, was the reaction? Honestly, I think he was calmer than you would expect because there is never a dull moment in his life. This man, I don't know how he wakes up every day. He is consistently under siege, but this one took it to a whole new level. So the lawyers for the president have been dealing with the feds over handing documents over that the National Archives has been whining about. Why all of a sudden did men with guns show up? The question is a great one. Uh, the reason we nobody can figure it out is because there is no answer. What has happened is completely unconstitutional. It's a violation of the democracy that we have created. They are the people supposed to be defending the democracy, and instead they are destroying it. Our country should be terrified. I am terrified. I can tell you that he was not only working with them, he was cooperating, there was nothing to hide, and he was working in tandem, allowed them into Mar-a-Lago, and the point is they went in when he wasn't even there, and then told his attorneys to leave. They couldn't even be on premises. That doesn't sound good to me. So that's not by the books. If you're sending in agents with weapons that are seizing documents, you can't tell the person's lawyers that they can't watch what the FBI is doing. Correct. They said they cannot watch. They need to go outside. And they came in, as I understand it, wearing backpacks, wearing things, go into his home, his private residence. He wasn't there. So the story that something's being destroyed doesn't really work out. No one's there. He's, he's in Bedminster, New Jersey. He's not there. Um, and this is, this is truly just the scariest moment as an attorney for me to watch, because when I took my oath of office, I believed in people like the FBI and the DOJ would be there to protect us, to defend us, especially a former president. I haven't seen anyone else be treated like this in my life. No. Russia hoax, Letitia James. You know, and I can tell you, honestly, Jesse, as somebody who is very intimately related with all of his legal cases, there is more than people know that you'll be hearing that this lines up perfectly, that I can tell you that they are working in tandem together to try and take him down. And if he wasn't ahead in the polls, this wouldn't be happening. So you think this is a conspiracy between several different legal investigations working together a hundred percent and it's politically motivated a hundred percent what were these documents you say you're saying there's a letter from King Jong-un there's the letter from President Obama is this really what they were after listen it's a NARA search NARA the National Archives we're not talking about Jimmy Hoffa did he take documents that discuss if aliens existed? This is a joke. This is memento. And quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another, this is third world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is, this is not our country. People are saying, oh, well, why doesn't the president's attorney just release the warrant? They were probably handed a warrant before the feds showed up to 
kick the door down, why wouldn't you do that? Actually, um, my understanding from the attorneys on the ground was that they weren't given the warrant. They were allowed to see it and then taken back. Oh, so they don't have a copy That's of it. That's my understanding. Okay. All right, yes. Alina, thank you so much. Wow, it's just crazy that we're living in a country like this now. And uh, leave it to the liberals to screw everything up. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to Antonin Scalia. Let's take a listen to this. This is great. You're going to love this. The reason. This is also um, going to be followed up with Will Kane, who is filling in for Tucker. But let's think. Response I will get, and you will get this from almost any American, including the woman that he was talking to at the supermarket. The answer would be freedom of speech, freedom of the press, no unreasonable searches and seizures, no quartering of troops in hope, those marvelous provisions of the Bill of Rights. But then I tell them, if, if you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us apart, you're crazy. Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Just words on paper. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee. And the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union, you think of the word constitution, it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure. Say a person has a sound constitution, has a sound structure. The real constitution of the Soviet Union, which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. They didn't talk about the Bill of Rights. That was an afterthought, wasn't it? That constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power in one person or in one party. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. The game is over. A parchment guarantee. Most Americans now, by the way, in both parties, believe we're living in a banana republic that was just described by Scalia. The Trafalgar Group recently found that 79% of Americans believe the justice system protects political insiders. Two-thirds of Democrats believe that. And it's not hard to see why. The president's son can commit multiple felonies, prostitution, corruption, and the federal authorities will just ignore them. In fact, they'll call them Russian disinformation. A sitting member of Congress can share bodily fluids in potentially classified materials, presumably not one and the same, with a Chinese spy, and no one in the FBI or the media will say a word. Millions of migrants can illegally cross the border, and you're not supposed to notice. But when the president's home is raided for the first time in American history, those very same cable news propagandists will celebrate it as a win for the rule of law. What's in that warrant that authorized this raid, exactly? And why was a low-level magistrate judge, an Obama donor, who defended Jeffrey Epstein's associates, the one who approved the warrant. They don't care about any of this. They're just happy that Donald Trump was targeted. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has said in recent weeks more than once that no one is above the law, including anyone who happened to be president. An ex-president is not above the law. There is no person in this country who's above the law. In America, Nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law, not even a president or a former president of the United States. No one is above the law, except for Swalwell and Clinton and Hunter Biden. They're mocking you, just as Beria mocked his victims. We've been building to this moment for quite some time. 
For the last four years, anyone who challenged permanent Washington has been targeted by the FBI. They've been waking up to pre-dawn SWAT team raids with CNN in tow. They're getting criminally charged and bankrupted, not because they committed any crimes, but because the FBI wanted them silenced. Before the FBI's interview, you remember this story of Michael Flynn at the White House in 2017, the FBI's director of counterintelligence, Bill Priestap, he authored a handwritten note about his plan to entrap Flynn. Quote, what is our goal, Priestap wrote? Truth, admission, or get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. We all know then what happened next. According to a partisan FBI agent named, named Peter Strzok, he's not the most impartial of sources, Flynn told agents he wasn't sure if he talked about sanctions with the Russian ambassador. That's it. Now, keep in mind, talking about sanctions with a foreign country is legal and expected when you're the national security advisor. But for that, the FBI ruined Michael Flynn. He had to sell his home. And where's Bill Priestap? Collecting a government pension. No raid, no jail. The same is true, by the way, for Kevin Kleinsmith. Do you remember him? He's the FBI lawyer who falsified a FISA warrant application to secure the wiretap on Flynn. He admitted it. He didn't spend any days in jail, not one day in jail. He wasn't even disbarred from being an attorney. And as for Jim Comey, the FBI director at the time, well, he bragged about the FBI. You look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the state room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration. I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room, and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I no, we didn't tell him. To them, it's comedy. To Americans, it's a banana republic. Declassified documents, of course, prove that the FBI knew the Clinton campaign invented many of the Russia collusion allegations that were the pretext for the entire probe. James Comey went ahead with that comedy, with that banana republic action anyway. That's because what we've had for years is an FBI that's interested in really one mission, and that is eliminating rivals of the Uniparty and permanent Washington. As with the Bolsheviks, they use pretext to get what they want. Last night's raid of the former president's home had nothing to do with the retention of classified materials. You can handle missing records with a subpoena. You don't come kicking the doors in and blow opening safes. And that's why the feds never raided the home of Sandy Berger, who literally shoved classified documents in his socks. Or Hillary Clinton's home. Or David Petraeus, who shared military intel with his lover. No raid. The Wall Street Journal, by the way, is now reporting the feds claim this raid had something to do with cocktail napkins. <laughs> and notes from Kim Jong-un. Right. Crazy stuff, huh? But Antonin Scalia got it right. He definitely got it right. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. Let's take a listen to this Jesse Waters clip on Nancy uh, Pelosi and her son. Let's take a listen. 
This is a short clip, 30 seconds. Nancy's up there saying no one's above the law. What about Nancy? I mean, she's fresh off the heels of insider trading allegations. Her, her husband's been crooked for the last three decades. And she does this. She flies her other crooked son over on a government jet to Asia. And he's trying to cook up lithium deals and electric car battery deals in all the places she happens to be going to. And then she scrubs the Internet and the transcripts of all indications that she brought her crooked son over there. I mean, he's like Hunter Biden without the crack pipe. <laughs> Nancy's up there saying. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's uh, a tragic story, though. It's absolute tragedy. Um, and then you got the open borders. And Eric Adams is making a bunch of news. So, uh, you know, he doesn't like the fact that Governor Abbott is sending, you know, the illegals on buses to New York City. Let's take a listen. I already called all of my friends in uh, Texas and told them how to cast their vote. And uh, I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. He's talking about Governor Abbott in Texas. So he's going to just intimidate voters by knocking door to door like New York style, like put a cap in your head. I mean, it's not like New York is the safest place in the world, right? Bunch of thugs go down to Texas. What is he actually saying there? This imbecile. This guy, Eric Adams, who can't keep his own city straight. What a joke. Socialism is just a sickness. And here today, we're going to have the Consumer Price Index out today. It's not looking good. It was 9.1. It might drop to 8.7. It's still hard. Anything that touches 9 today is going to absolutely uh, send the market into a free fall. And we have yet to talk about, I had a really nice, um, well, I saw this uh, presentation about the housing crisis. And uh, it's something I would love to play. It's a little bit long. But it, the guy put it together, and it's really, really good. Uh, on a maybe a slower news day, we'll go ahead and play that for you. Uh, because this housing market thing is also a big deal. But let's take a listen to this. Let's get back to the broader markets now. Investors are waiting for the big number of the week, the July CPI report, and what it says about the outlook for the Federal Reserve and the economy. Senior economics reporter Steve Leisman joins us now with more. Everybody's watching, Steve. Yeah, Melissa, it's a big number. It's a big number of the week. The headline inflation outlook expected to improve for the first time in a year. Going to be driven lower by a decline in gasoline and commodity prices. But the core rate that takes out food and energy is forecast to keep rising. And that's the measure that matters most to the Federal Reserve. Here are the numbers we're looking for. Just 0.2 on the CPI, one of the lowest we've had in about a year. Uh, it had been uh, up 1.3% month to month. That will uh, should decline the year-over-year -year rate to 8.7 from 9.1. But look at the core rate continuing at a very robust 0.5% gain. Uh, that's going to push the year-over-year -year rate up, according to estimates, to 6.1% from 5.9%. So economists at Citigroup writing, we would not expect the Fed to be particularly comforted that inflationary pressures are meaningfully slowing. Service sector and housing inflation, they're driving the core, and factors inside of both suggest 
they're not ready yet to plateau. Uh, housing costs, that's a third of the index. You can see in this chart, they didn't start to rise. Is that there? I guess they don't have that second line there. That's just the CPI right there. Uh, housing costs did not start to rise in the inflation measure until several months after inflation had already taken off. It was still below 2.5% a year ago when the core was already up nearly 4.5% in the past several months. Housing inflation has continued to increase even while core inflation has leveled off. It could take several months yet for any easing in home prices to show up in the inflation index. And the tight job market continues to boost wage gains. Those wage gains could show up in inflation measures because companies are going to keep to trying to protect their profit margins. So relief on the headline number, no relief expected in the core. And that means little relief from the Fed and their rate hike. Well, yeah, but here's the other thing is in the in the past, by the way, the consumer price index is 8.5. It came in maybe uh, 0.2 points lower than uh, estimated. It could have come in at 8.7. That would have been about the estimate. So for July, it's 8.5. But what that what what here's what's going on there. So that's the that's the inflation index, the price index. So what's driving that down truly is high gas prices and people just not driving as much. And uh, then how the housing market is also having an impact. And once the housing market uh, all these big corporate investors in the housing markets are starting to dump their properties and the housing prices are going to devalue and people aren't going to be buying houses and it's going to be an interesting time. But what you had was a slowing of a, a lot of economic pressures to slow the economy in addition to the Federal Reserve uh, pounding away at higher in, uh, 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 rate hikes. And uh, I don't think those things, yeah, those things, were, those mechanisms were starting to have an impact on price index, right? Because people don't have as much money, they, the price comes down, the supply and demand. But here's the problem. This new spending bill, this green uh, climate change bill, they call it the inflation reduction bill is going to actually do more harm than good by injecting and infusing cash back into the market and liquidate, liquidating the dollar. That's one of the biggest problems. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what's going on there. So we have a couple of other things we want to read out to you. Uh, Byron York says much talk about whether unprecedented FBI raid on Trump home was really about document handling or whether it was somehow about January 6th. Today, Trump lawyer Christina Rob, uh, Bob talked about that, and we listened to Christina Bob. Uh, there's a lot of stories about uh, Paul Pelosi Jr. floating around. Also, one of the other things that's not getting a lot of talk, um, it's basically a Pennsylvania state uh, Congressman uh, Trump ally Representative Scott Perry says the FBI seized his cell phone one day after Mar-a-Lago raid. So Republican Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania says the FBI has confiscated his cell phone. Perry, in a, an exclusive statement, told Fox News on Tuesday 
that while traveling with his family earlier in the day, he was approached by three FBI agents who handed him a warrant and requested that he turn over his cell phone. What country are we living in? It's absolutely crazy. So there it is. I also have some other uh, clips I want to read out to you. And uh, one is, I think this is rather important. I mentioned it yesterday. Cash Patel, the White House counsel failed to generate the paperwork to change the classified markings, but that doesn't mean the information wasn't declassified. Documents at Mar-a-Lago marked classified were already declassified. That's what he's saying there. Byron York says, uh, below Axios on Trump Mar-a-Lago raid, secrecy is exactly what is wrong about this. Secrecy allowed wild media speculation in the Trump-Russian matter, as, and that's what they're actually that's what they're using as a weapon. As target, Trump is entitled a copy of a warrant underlying affidavit. He should make them public immediately today, and they won't. Jonathan Turley wrote, Turley on Trump raid, why didn't Merrick Garland ask for a special counsel to be appointed? Hmm, that's a good question. And um, Sergeant uh, U.S. Marine Corps wrote, I'm pretty sure with the obvious political corruption taking political prisoners, triple taxes, food shortages, fuel shortages, now raiding a popular opposition leader and putting together armed raiding parties to physically pillage American homes is how you start a revolt. And again, what I said yesterday is starting a revolt is exactly what they want. And they want you to then react. And then they're going to fade a punch. You're going to then punch back. And you're going to be the one in trouble. And what we have to do is we have to take this back. We have to win our elections And we have to use this uh, to sway and win over a bunch of Democrats who just basically have been drinking the Kool-Aid for too long. And we need to actually make our arguments uh, understood that this kind of thing cannot stand in America. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And be sure to check out magapac.org. If you can make a donation to help us support America First policies that make America great again. Also, if you go to MyPillow.com, be sure to use Red State as your promo code. And with that, we'll see each other next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there